0: Good morning, good morning. Uh, today is Wednesday, November 24th. we have uh, Second Thessalonians 1 through 3, Psalm 18 and we have a video for Second Thessalonians. And so let's ask the Lord's blessing on this time and then we'll get into this video. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you guide us right now that you fill us with your spirit, good and gracious creator of the universe. Just open our eyes and our hearts to your word this morning. Paul brings more comfort to the persecuted Thessalonian Christians. He also clarifies his teaching about Jesus, Jesus' future return, and challenges people whose selfish lifestyles are causing trouble in the church. So let's watch this video.
1: Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians. So, not long after Paul wrote First Thessalonians, he got a report about the Christians in Thessalonica and that the problems he had addressed in that letter not only had continued but had gotten worse. The persecutions had intensified and the Thessalonian Christians had become confused and scared about the return of Jesus. So Paul sent off this short letter which is designed to have three sections that address the three problems in this church. Paul first offers hope in the midst of their continued persecution. And then he offers clarity about the coming day of the Lord. And then finally he brings a really specific challenge to the idol, people who were refusing to work normal jobs. And the end of each of these sections is clearly marked by a short closing prayer. Paul opens with a thanksgiving prayer for the Thessalonians' continued faithfulness and love, and specifically for their endurance. He's learned that their Greek and Roman and perhaps even Jewish neighbors have intensified their persecution of these Christians. They're a religious minority facing violent oppression, and Paul's worried that they might give up on Jesus if it gets worse. So Paul reminds them, like he did in the first letter, that their suffering because of being associated with Jesus, it's a way of participating in God's kingdom. Jesus was inaugurated as king by his suffering on the cross and so his followers will show their victory over the world by imitating Jesus' nonviolence and patient endurance. Paul also reminds them that this won't last forever. When Jesus returns, he will bring his justice to bear on those that have oppressed them and shed the blood of the innocent. Specifically, he says that their punishment is to be banished away from the face of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Paul does not speculate here on the fate of those who reject Jesus except to say that throughout their lives they wanted nothing to do with Jesus and in the end they get what they want, relational distance from their creator and their king. And for Paul this is the ultimate tragedy. To choose separation from Jesus who is the source of all life and love is to embrace one's own undoing. He closes this thought by praying that God would use their suffering to bring about deep character change inside of them so that their lives would bring honor to the name of Jesus. Paul then moves on to address a specific issue related to the return of Jesus and the Day of the Lord. So somebody in the Thessalonian church community had been spreading wrong information in Paul's name, saying that God's final act of justice on human evil, the Day of the Lord, it was upon them, it has come. And these people had likely been predicting dates about the end of all things and they were frightening other Christians. And you can see why. Due to the intense persecution, they were vulnerable to somebody claiming that Jesus had already returned like a thief in the night. They've been left behind. Maybe he abandoned the Thessalonians to their suffering. This kind of talk really ticks Paul off. It's misrepresenting his teaching. The return of Jesus should never inspire fear, but rather hope and confidence. Paul reminds them of everything he taught them about Jesus' return back when he was in town. And he gives a short summary here. It's actually too short. This paragraph has lots of puzzles and problems of interpretation. But what's clear is that he cites the well-known theme from the prophets Isaiah and Daniel that the kingdoms of this world will continue to produce rulers who rebel against God like Nebuchadnezzar or the king of the north did in the past these leaders had exalted themselves to divine authority and for Paul these ancient kings and prophecies they give us images they set out a pattern that he saw fulfilled in his own day in the Roman emperors Caligula and Nero and he expected that it would be repeated again again That history would culminate with such a rebellious ruler, empowered by evil itself, someone who will wreak havoc and violence in God's world, but not forever. When Jesus returns, he will confront the rebel and all who perpetrate evil and he will deliver his people. So Paul's point here is not to give later readers fuel for apocalyptic speculation. Rather, he's comforting the Thessalonians. He's recalling the teachings of Jesus from Mark chapter 13, who said that the events leading up to his return would be very public and obvious. And so they don't need to be scared or worried that they've been left behind. Rather, they need to stay faithful until Jesus returns to deliver them. And so, in his closing prayer, he asked Jesus and the Father to comfort and strengthen the Thessalonians to stay faithful to the way of Jesus. Which brings Paul to the final topic. It's a challenge for those who were idle, which doesn't just mean lazy. This refers to people who were irresponsible and who refused to work and provide for themselves, resulting in chaotic personal lives. So Paul had actually addressed this problem in his first letter and it seems like it's gotten worse. Now we don't know for certain why some people in this church were refusing to work. It's possible that this problem is connected to the previous one, Maybe some people thought Jesus would return very soon and so they quit their jobs and dropped out of normal life. But it is more likely that Paul's addressing a problem related to a practice in Roman culture called patronage. So you would have poor people living in cities and they would become clients, kind of like personal assistants to wealthy people. And they would live off of their occasional generosity but there were lots of strings attached. This sometimes involved the clients in their patron's morally corrupt way of life not to mention it was unpredictable income. So this is what Paul seems to refer to when he says these people lead a disordered life. They're not working and they're meddling in the business of others. So Paul reminds them of the example he gave when he was with them. He didn't ask for their money. He worked a manual labor job so he could provide for himself and so he could serve the Thessalonians free of charge. He says this is the ideal. A follower of Jesus should imitate Jesus' self-giving love by working hard so they can provide for themselves and so their lives can be a benefit to other people. He concludes this with a final prayer, that in the midst of all their confusion and suffering, that God would grant them peace through the Lord Jesus the Messiah. This short letter to the Thessalonians, it helps us see that the early Christian belief in Jesus' return and the hope of final judgment, these ideas were not meant for generating speculation about apocalyptic timelines. Rather, these beliefs brought hope, they inspired faithfulness and devotion to Jesus, especially for persecuted Christians facing violent opposition. And so for later generations of Christians, whether they undergo persecution or not, this letter reminds us that what you hope for shapes what you live for. And that's what Second Thessalonians is all about.
0: Okay, let's get into Second Thessalonians chapter 1. <clears throat> Paul, silvanius and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love for everyone, for you, every one of you, for one another is, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God, for for your steadfastness And faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. This is the evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering, since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and grant relief to you. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of call of your calling and may fulfill every and resolve for good in every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 2. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him. We ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word, or a letter seeming to be from us. To the effect that the day of the Lord has come, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in, this t- in his time? For the mystery of the lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way, and then the lawlessness one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming, the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth so and so be saved. Therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness but we ought to always to give thanks to god for you brothers beloved by the lord because god chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth to this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our lord jesus christ so then brothers stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us either by our spoken word or by our letter now may the lord jesus christ himself and god our father who loves us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace comforts your hearts and established him in every good work and word finally brothers chapter three finally brothers pray for us that the word of the lord may speed ahead and be honored just may be honored as happening among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men for not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and doing and that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. And it was not because we do not have that right, but but to give to you ourselves as as. Give yourselves an example to imitate, for for even when we were with you, we would not give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat, for we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good, if anyone does not obey what he What we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed and do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Chapter 8, Psalm 18. The Lord is my rock and fortress. And this is to the choir master. It's the psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me; the torrent of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me; the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, to my God, I cried for help. From His temple, He heard my voice, and my cry to Him, He reached His ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked; the foundations also, and the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils, and devouring fire from his mouth. Growing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him. Thick clouds, dark with water, out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through on his on the cl- his clouds. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, and hailstones and coals of fire, and he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, of your nostrils. He sent sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They comforted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He rewarded me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord, and I have not wickedly departed from my God, for all His rules were before me, and His statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before Him, and I kept myself from my guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful you show yourself merciful, and with the blameless man you show yourself blameless, and with the purified you show yourself pure, and with the crooked you make yourself seem torturous. For you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down, for it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. But by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me in strength and made, me, made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arm can bend a bow of bronze. You, get, you have given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand supported me, and your gentleness made me great. You gave me a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. I pursued the enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back until they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. For you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me, and those who hated me I destroyed. They cried for help, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but they did not answer them. I beat them as fine dust before the wind. I cast them out like a, like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with the people, and you made me the head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. As soon as they heard me, they obeyed me. Foreigners came clinging to me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortress. The Lord lives, and and blessed be my rock. And exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and subdued people under me, who rescued me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from the man of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing to your name great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for taking care of us, for being our God and our Lord and our Master, Lord, and we just ask that you continue to meet our daily needs, Lord, like you always do, so abundantly, and Lord, we ask that you help us to forgive as those who forgive, And Lord. We just ask that your will would be accomplished on this earth, and Lord, we just ask that you would be with those that are suffering, and I think of Pam, and just be with uh, Mark and Trish and Al and uh, Jill as they seek uh, uh, specialists for uh, their backs, Lord, and, uh, Just be with us today. Uh, Let it be a great uh, productive day, a great service this evening, Lord. Just bring your people out for that. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, have a great day.